All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Heron. While we love film in general, with us being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all, and we'd like to welcome you to The Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man who, well, he's not really a poor and unfortunate soul, but he wouldn't, he's not above making a deal. Jacob! Why, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who gets his information from Seagull. Welcome, Drew. If only that information was good. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that the problem is I'm using the wrong bird. If I was smart, I'd go with a bluebird, because at least then I'd get a decent Twitter. <laughs> Slow clap. That was good. Alright. <laughs> uh, how are you doing this morning, Oh, peeling. But okay. <laughs> That's what you get for not wearing a shirt when you're out at the pool. <laughs> okay, so, context. So, last weekend, uh, me, Drew, and a uh, group brother, Amazing Singles, Went up to, went down to the Austin area, down towards Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. And so, while we were there, we had like five hours to kill. Be yes. Like, we got activities, but like banana boats, which you ride on a floating boat shaped banana. To give and you context there. Off. And get thrown off. And get thrown off. I saw the Multi- pictures. There multiple were, times. There. Yes. You didn't see the one, that's the thing, you didn't see the one where I fell off by myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you, have you not heard, did I not tell you about this? No, you didn't. Okay. About three quarters of the way through ride number two. Okay. About the time I want to smack one of our people <laughs> upside the head because he's taunting the driver. Uh, of course he You does. know who I'm talking uh, yes, about. I'm exactly. being nice by not mentioning him, but he knows who he is. And anyone who happens to listen to this will know who I'm talking about that's yes. from that group. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I about three quarters of the way through that ride, uh, the eight of us that were on the boat had finally figured out the best way to keep everyone on the boat right. without every time he made a weird thing. Yeah. And that is to lean inward uh-huh. so that the bottom of the boat kind of is shaped more like a boat, not a raft. And you got center of gravity <laughs> in the center and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Well, at some point, cause you know, the guy's going back and forth. You're kind of bouncing back and forth, trying to stay, you know, on the mm-hmm. banana. One point, as I was leaning in... To the center. Yeah. I also got thrown to the center. My leg was in such a position that I really could not push myself back up. Oh, fun. And so it was just a matter of time before I bounced (laughs) out of that (laughs) boat. (laughs) Pretty much. Do you know how disheartening it is to be floating in the middle of a lake, seeing the boat coming back to you? 
and realizing of the eight people on this boat, you're the only one in the water <laughs> so far. Well, no, we had people fall off before, but we'd finally figured it out. It's just I was that, you know, being a heavy guy. Yeah. It was only. I, I, I was at the back. Yeah. Makes sense. That's how you set these things up. Yeah. But that means while the water is coming up and bashing people in the head, trying to push them off that way, I'm just slowly being pulled backwards. <laughs> and doing. And I'm mostly leaning forward so I don't fall off. Right. And that's, of course, not how I get fallen off. I get fallen off because I get knocked to the center and then bounced out into creation. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, you know, having a little more context... Uh, about two and a half years ago, I started losing a lot of weight due to just like I wanted to get in better shape. Mm-hmm. And so I lost about 45 pounds. Congrats. And be like, had a load of confidence in that. And so. Well earned, I should say too. Well, thank you. I <laughs> appreciate it. Um, actually, actually kind of an odd context. Uh, I was, we went to, uh, family, uh, not family vacation, but family Christmas. And mm-hmm. my uncle who knew I lost some weight and he's like, Oh my gosh, Jacob. Like, how much weight did you lose? Uh, you know, it was about Enough. 45. It was like, dang, good job. Yeah. But, be like, I, you know, got there and I was like, you know what? Be like, I haven't felt confident enough to where I've, I've never have a, you know, gone out without a shirt on. Because mm-hmm. modesty. But I was like, you know what? Be like, I feel confident. Be like, I'm not use my shirt. And so I'm going to go to the pool and play volleyball. And then you learned the next day that there's a secondary reason why you might want to wear a shirt in the pool. Yeah. If you didn't bring sunscreen. Yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, normally we record on Tuesday night. Yes. However, tonight it is Thursday night. Because Monday night, a certain somebody was up all night because of his sunburn (laughs) and actually slept through recording time. Yes, I did. Well, technically, I fell asleep at like 7.30, but... Well, and thankfully you did... Ask me before, could we put it off? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, get to feeling better. Better get you some aloe vera. <laughs> yeah, which I did, like, the, you know, the, the, the morning before at 3 I in was the morning. a little late in telling you that, apparently. Yeah. Well, be like, I didn't, I honestly it did not even cross my mind as white and pasty as, no offense, you are without a shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> that you didn't have any sunscreen on. And I should have warned you about that ahead of time, because if you'd gotten the aloe vera on Monday, at least, yeah, you might have survived yeah. that night. So yeah, he's... If you hear some weird kind of peeling noise... Yeah, it's my that's skin. That's Jacob. That's my skin. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the, the context of why I'd be like, I was... Uh, the, the lateness of this you know recording, but hopefully it should be out on... Saturday. I'm still aiming for Saturday, uh, but fair warning, because technically I do have a prior commitment on the day I need to be editing this. Yeah. This will be a fast edit, so please bear with our bugs. (laughs) (laughs) This will not be the cleanest episode I've ever edited. I got you. This will be a fasty. I got you. So, yeah, that's basically what I've been going through. It's it's been a very interesting week, and finally it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, be like, hey, you live and learn, you don't get to pins loves whichever <laughs> you live and learn and then get loves yeah well it depends because on... this is life but but we're not at walgreens no we're not <laughs> we like you live and learn and get depends because you're an adult, adult diapers are depends <laughs> but then you wouldn't live and learn <laughs> hanging on the am moving on <laughs> anyways I'm jumping to another song yeah
How's your week been? About the same. <laughs> you, you, we, admittedly, we spent three days three days together. Yeah. And some smart aleck thought it'd be a good idea for us to share a room. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. I'm going to blame Al. Because yeah. he decided he wanted to sleep in the room with the other dude yeah. from the other church. Frank. So, Which, Frank is an amazing guy. If you haven't met, if you, yes. And then, of course, see, well, here's the thing. I drove down there in the van. Yeah. With, oh, with yeah. With five ladies. <laughs> five older ladies. Yeah. No. No, don't get me wrong. I love these ladies to death. Yes. They're great women. Great women of God. But they are still women. <laughs> They're all, and at least three of them were back, two of them were backseat drivers. And that's fine. They're great people, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, still stressful. Yeah. So, I get down there. You, because you had to come up late. Yeah. Or because you couldn't get off work, and then you rented a car, and it took mm-hmm. you a little going. Yeah. Which made it a very interesting drive, let's right. say that. So, wait, I get down there. Mm-hmm. I find, I, I get the key. I text you to let you know when you get here, text me, I'll let you in. I've got the door locked, because I don't want weirdos getting in the room when my stuff's here. Because <laughs> I don't know any of these people. <laughs> right. And, uh... I think I'm done for the night. I'm get, thinking of getting ready to take a shower. I knock on my door. Wendy says, hey, they're doing a fellowship over there. Do you want to go? And I said, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> so I go over there and do that. Watch the idiots play volleyball at, 10, at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, of course. That's all we can't. And they were up the next day by before sunrise to watch oh, yeah. the sunrise over the lake. And I'm uh-huh. thinking... How do you people who are ten years, at least ten years older than me, have this kind of energy? Because <laughs> I don't have this kind of energy. They have a passion for the Lord. They and fun. They have a passion for volleyball <laughs> at night, is what they've got. Yes, I agree. But anyway, that's not the point I was trying to make. The point right. I was trying to make is, you finally got in that night. At ten. At, at ten. I, don't, I couldn't remember what time. And you surprised me with something when you got there. Yes, I did. We've got hats. We do have hats. Now. You want to? We'll talk more about the hats later on after the review. But yeah. I just want to point out that I love. I do like the hat. Well, I appreciate yeah. you doing that. Not a problem. So, <laughs> yeah that that was actually a project I started probably like two weeks ago. Yeah, because you texted me, "Hey, can you send me a lo- send me the logo?" Yeah, that's like. Okay, do you want the logo? Do you want the album art? Do you? And th- I, I think eventually I just sent you the logo and said, "I'm sorry, this is the only version I've got, and it's missing our names." Yeah, which perfectly I could get to. Which perfectly. Yeah, it, now that I know what you're doing with it, it yeah. made sense. Yeah, we, those names would not have fit on there in no. that font as it was. Yeah, and plus it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh, so amazing shout out to the company. Uh, picture this mm-hmm. in our and this local town we live in. And uh, they did a phenomenal job with these with these caps, but we'll get more into perhaps how you can get a hold of one yourself at the end of the episode. I think. Yes. So, what have you been watching? Uh, not a whole lot. I saw one video. I actually saw one video that was very done very incredibly well. It was actually Pokemon related. That's interesting coming from you. Yeah. Be, you, you like the Digimon. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Digimon fan. Well, apparently, you do you remember the, you know, kind of speaking on the subject we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the uh, the bootleg universe Power Rangers movie. 
or trailer. Yes. Okay. So apparently some mm-hmm. animation company, you know, very small independent company, they did a, uh, a Pokemon bootleg universe trailer for a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very adult oriented. There's a lot of like, apparently the synopsis of this is literally apparently Pikachu dies in a battle. Then Ash has some revelation that, that all the Pokemon must be freed. And it starts this revolution where all these people are going out and killing other people in order to free these Pokemon and be like, Oh, you're a trainer. Now you have to go to jail because you enslaved Pokemon. Like, all these other people didn't do that before. Yeah. So, I thought it was very interesting. Be like, the ambition style was very interesting. Uh, it was very... The animation was very odd. You, you could definitely tell it was like they were working from... The designs were very odd. Yeah. Very, very odd. Be like, you had, like, an adult Ash. And uh, apparently, at the very end... Be like the spoil of the ending of this trailer. It's like apparently some knucklehead decides to release Mewtwo, <laughs> and apparently Mewtwo at the very end be like, "Oh, for those of you who have kept up with the Pokemon universe, Mewtwo's been free for twenty years." Well, apparently they freed him again in this this trailer. But anyways, apparently like Mewtwo's more like it's like I don't realize I don't think that Ash realizes the Pope that. Pikachu is still alive. Dum, dum, dum. And that's how the end of the trailer. I'll be like, I, I, would, I would grant it. It'd be like, it's a very interesting premise. It's really silly mm-hmm. and kind of stupid. Let's say that. But it's like, okay, that was a very interesting trailer. And that's about the only thing I really watched besides our review movie. Right. So, what have you been watching? Yesterday, I'm... On YouTube, waiting for the Nintendo Direct to start, because I'm a big gamer nerd. Yeah. And I'm watching other videos on YouTube. Right. And of course, as you all know, YouTube has gotten funny with, has gotten greedy with the ads, recently. So most of the time, you know, you're skipping two or three at a time, just so you can actually watch the video you wanted to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. But once started, and I was confused at first, Mm -hmm. because it's like, this is an ad? This is way too high quality for an ad. So I set them, I set their controller down on my on my PS4. Yes, I was watching a Nintendo announcement thing on my PlayStation Four. Funny, yeah, <laughs> too that's, ironic. That's just normal for me. But I'm on there watching this watching this thing come up, and I was like, holy. Crud, this is good. It starts off, uh, the camera, well, it starts off with a storybook, like, um, like the beginning of, uh, Snow White, or I think Pinocchio does this too, or even Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Where you, got, where you got the book that opens, and it opens to a picture, it opens to this carriage mm-hmm. going into a castle, and it's obvious they've caught a monster in the back. Yeah. I'm thinking, what on earth is this that I'm seeing? And then the camera zooms up to what's obviously a bakery. And you look around the bakery as it's going in, you see uh, the blackbirds in the pie, mm-hmm. the poison apple, the heads of the three pig, three little pigs, oh. along with the heads of on mounted to the walls of the three bears. 
too funny. I'm going, what is going on here? And it comes up and you see two gingerbread men that are, or a gingerbread man and a gingerbread woman. Yeah. That, of course, are, the hands are touching. Yeah. Because it was baked. And they come alive because it's a fairy tale kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And the music is playing, uh, you know, you're just too so good to be true, can't take my eyes off of you, you that mm-hmm. song. Yeah. And it starts off with them slowly seeing each other, thinking, uh, and it's kind of cute, a little flirty. They turn around, they're walking like they're going to go on like a walk around the bakery or whatever. And they come across these crumbs and find a half-eaten gingerbread man. Oh, no. Which is like, okay, this got dark. <laughs> In a hurry. Really fast. What is this a tra- what is this a commercial for? Right. And then as they as this is setting in, apparently the monster that was in the carriage earlier yeah. got free. Because he's now broken into the bakery and the guards that you saw fight or anything are fighting him then there. So the gingerbread men are trying to get out of the way, trying to survive. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to run out. They come across what's so obviously a boiling pot of something. Mm-hmm. So they know they that's down below them. That's between them and them getting out. And of course, the music is still going on. It's getting it's it's horribly ironic chipperness with the very disturbing dark imagery you're actually seeing <laughs> of a gingerbread man trying to two gingerbread men trying to survive. Yeah. At one point, the woman the. Uh, there's this big milk jug that's next to everything that gets broken, and it pours over them into the boiling monstrosity of whatever this is, while the this other fight is going on behind yeah. them. And I have to say that up because that's the only reason I can assume why what happens happens. They are hanging from this table. Uh, the woman one gets the guy up there on it, and he's trying to pull her up, and then... You can see that the monster has gotten hold of an axe and comes down right on their hands. Oh. So the girl one falls down into the boiling hot mess. And you're thinking, oh, that's sad. And you're thinking that's right. But then the monster goes and picks up the gingerbread man. And you hear a crunch. Oh, jeez. Fate come fades back up from black. The song starts up again. But it's obviously the woman is now crying while she's singing it. Because somehow the girl gingerbread men got out of the boiling hot mess. So I'm assuming the milk must have cooled it off or something. Yeah. Enough for her to survive. She gets up there seeing what's happened to her brother slash yeah. her, her, her bake mate, let's say. Yeah, her <laughs> bake mate. Good, bake good, mate. Good one. And it can tell us her kind of singing this by this point. Yeah. And as she gets to the uh, the last part of I can't take my eyes off you, it, it's filled with anger and her and the gingerbread woman's mouth gets these sharp teeth like she's about to go attack this thing. And I'm thinking, what is this? <laughs> Finally it comes up. This is a trailer for Magic the Gathering. Wow. It's like, okay, I'm not going to play Magic the Gathering. But I am seriously impressed. Yeah. If you want to see this video, I put it in our Facebook group this afternoon. I highly suggest finding that clip and watching it because it was freaking amazing. And I it's the few one of the few times I've never actually skipped an ad. Wow. So So 
Question. Yes. Was it a ad for the game or was it an ad for the series which is coming out? There's a series? Yeah. All I know is 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 specifically it said Magic the Gathering Arena, which I think is the video game version of the card game. Oh, okay. But it's for an expansion, I think, that's coming out. So oh, okay. Because it did have the T for Teen rating at the beginning of it. Oh, so okay. it's a video game of some oh, okay. Kind. I gotcha. Well, apparently Netflix... And I saw it on... And the clip I posted was actually from game trailers, so... Okay. Yeah. Netflix is coming out with a uh, Magic the Gathering series. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason I asked that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So also, since we've got Disney Plus coming out in three months... Yeah. November. Which is going to include season seven of Star Wars The Clone Wars... Uh-huh. I thought I ought to get caught up. Yeah. So I watched... I... Started back where I left off nearly a year ago now, I think, when I was watching through Clone Wars, chronologically. Yeah. And I watched the last two episodes of Season 3 this afternoon, mm-hmm. which featured a interesting cameo by a certain Wookiee. Ah. Pretty much. <laughs> Interestingly enough, they must have used audio clips that Peter Mayhew previously recorded because they accredited Chewbacca as being voiced by himself. But then underneath it, it said, and special thanks to Peter Mayhew for being the heart and soul of Chewbacca. Ah. Which is nice, considering the men's no longer with us. Right. And if I'd have known he was within a hundred miles of here, I'd have found him before now. (laughs) Anyways. So, anyway. (laughs) Okay, cool. And the only other thing I watched was when I did watch the Nintendo Direct yesterday. Yeah. They had a pretty funny announcement trailer for the new fighter that was just recently added to Smash Uh Brothers. I heard about this. Which is a guy I don't really know because I didn't have a Neo Geo back in the day. Yeah. And this is a guy from a game called Fatal Fury, which I have also Uh never played. I've watched the movie. But the video of the sprites from all the different SNK games trying to get the invitation to join Smash Brothers <laughs> was funny to watch. Right. Because it was obviously all sprite work from the game. Some of it was new. The sprite of the letter was new, of course. Yeah. But it's all in the, in the correct style for that system. So hmm. you should go look at that one, too. Plus... You should look at all the character reveal trailers for Smash Brothers. It's actually some pretty good animation. Yeah, in those. I agree. I agree. And at some point, my some... favorite is the Castlevania one. Ah, because yeah, that, that Luigi's, is funny. Seeing Luigi scared for his life I'm is hilarious. <laughs> and you just be like, "Poor Luigi." No, not poor Luigi. <laughs> Admittedly, he did have a, a game. He does have a game coming up. Yes, where he's going through a ghost house called Luigi's Mansion mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. Or it's actually a ghost hotel, but... Uh, Anyway. Yeah, I think at some point we will do Fatal Fury, the movie, as a... Is is it animated? Yes, it is animated. It's animated very well. All right. Uh, But, uh, Toe... Let's see, the guy's name is... uh, I don't recognize the guy, because I don't know anything about Fatal Fury, but I think it's the main character from that. Yeah, it's the main main character. I can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank as well. I get him anyway, because I bought the Fighter's Pass, so... Hmm. So yes, I have Banjo-Kazooie right now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> anyway, that's all I've watched. Do you have any news? 
No, I really don't have any news. It'd be like I, I checked the news earlier today, and I looked at the really news. Didn't find anything. I looked at news also, but I could not find anything that was worth us going over. Uh, so I guess we ought to just go ahead and jump into the review. I guess so. Alrighty. So. The Little Mermaid was directed and written by uh, Ron Clements mm-hmm. and John Musker. Uh-huh. Are you curious as to what else they've written and directed? Oh, let me Or count. do you know? I do know most of them. Okay, go ahead. Uh, they did... They directed Aladdin. Mm-hmm. They directed Moana. Mm-hmm. They directed... Uh, hold on. I've only got two others on here. I didn't write everything. Okay. I, I know they directed more... Uh, no. Uh, Latin and... Yeah, I think those are the two I know the most. Okay. What else? Princess and the Frog. Of course! Duh! And one that we hopefully will be reviewing soon. Yeah. The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I one of their first ones. Yeah. And of course, Little Mermaid is based on the fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, yeah. who also wrote The Ice Queen, which was adapted into Frozen. Yes. The Emperor's New Clothes, which was adapted loose, extremely loosely, into The Emperor's New Groove. Yes. And then, of course, The Ugly Duckling, which I don't think I've seen an adaptation of. Yeah. There's also one where, I think it was in the either the Diamond Edition or mm-hmm. the Blu-ray Edition, is where they, they do an animation of Matchstick Girl, which is yeah. another one from Han Christian Anderson. And if you've ever read anything Han Christian Anderson, it if is I, so dark. Well, and if I so also remember, depressing. if I remember that Matchstick Girl is actually what's left over of a uh, collaboration between Disney and, uh, what's his name? The uh, Surrealist. Can't think of his name. Maybe? There's a surrealist. They 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 originally were trying to do. It may not be Matchstick Girl. Now that I'm thinking about it and yeah. saying it out loud, because there was there was a. It was, I think it's on the Fantasia 2000 disc. Oh, okay. is the one I'm thinking of. Okay, they didn't put it in Fantasia 2000 because they didn't get it finished. But uh, Salvador Dali and Disney had a collaboration at one point. I got it you. never got finished because money ran out, yeah. and then they tried to finish it. For Fantasia 2000, and then it's, they still didn't get it done in time. Yeah. Which but I was thinking that was that one. But yeah, I was wrong. Uh, okay. The music was by Alan Menken, uh-huh. who also did Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. Aladdin, Pocahontas, mm-hmm. and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And a and couple others, but those were the first, those are the big ones I saw first. And if I remember correctly, he did, uh, he did Hercules. Yes, he, he that was one of the Hercules. other ones I saw in there. And I think... Oh, obviously he did Tangle. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, he wrote There's No Place Like Slaughter Race too, didn't he? Um, I don't think he or was that the other is that the other guy? No, he didn't he didn't write it, he composed the music for it. I've, that's right, he wrote the music that the lyrics that the yes. lyrics Okay. Uh huh. He wrote the music for There's No Place Like Slaughter Race. Yeah. Somebody else wrote the actual line, lyrics. But yes. anyway. So, getting into the cast. Well, also, we're kind oh, of forgetting somebody else with that duo. All I saw was Alan Menken. 
I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. Just don't remember the other guy's name. Howard Ashman. That wasn't a name I would have recognized. I recognize Alan Menken's name. Yeah. Okay. So. So yeah, you go ahead and do that one. Okay. Howard Ashman. Basically, the guy who came into Disney, be like, okay, I want to do something completely other different because he's the guy who wrote Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. He did the play for that. And, you know, through, you know, linking, that's what how we got, um, uh, anyways. It's like, yeah, he came in, him and, uh, how, not Howard Ashman, this is the guy. Yeah, Alan Menken? Alan Menken. Him and Alan Menken, you know, did their collaboration for that. He also did the music for Beauty and the Beast. He did the music for, um, he did... A little bit of the music for Aladdin before before his uh, before his death, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the the guy was a musical be like a lyricist genius, be like for anybody who's you know loves his movie and just you know gets into the music about how he rhymes everything and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like it's how he described how he described it as like calypso music, right? Yeah, just be like we're gonna throw you know like you know all these different varieties of music into this movie. Which Disney didn't do at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was so genius. It's like, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> and be like, he's, you know, obviously he's no longer with us. Yes. But you can definitely feel like with the more, a lot of the more modern, you can definitely, there's a lot of Howard Ashman um, inspiration. Like, take the example of like Moana. Mm-hmm. The song, the songs Moana, I believe the the writer and lyricist for the, for that movie, who, whose name excuse me at the moment, uh, was heavily inspired by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, and so you have a lot of this because he did Hamlet on Broadway and he did mm-hmm. Moana, and so be like his his style of lyricist has been you know a heavy impact on music definitely within you know musicals and definitely Disney Disney animations from that time on so mm-hmm. yeah Howard Ashman alrighty so getting into the cast yes I want to point out that almost every single one of these people mm-hmm. in the cast anytime that character popped up in another in a sequel Mm-hmm. In another show. Yes. In a video game that I'm going to be nice and not, try not to mention. <laughs> because it comes up every episode. Yes. Well, it hasn't popped up every episode. Let's say that. There was one I missed. Yes, you did. Which shames me to no end. Anyway. Uh, most of these people did eventually reprise their roles over and over again. Yes. So, I have done my best to pick stuff that perhaps you didn't expect. Okay. So, do you remember Chef Louis? Yes. Do you know who plays him? No, I don't remember. The actor's name is René Aubergenois. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who I know him as? No. He played Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Do you remember when we watched that episode uh, yeah. over at Chase's house? Yeah. Uh, of Trials and Tribulations? The, yeah. The shapeshifter who yeah. got the, was hanging out with Worf with... And while he had the triple and pissed yeah. the morph off with the triple, yes, that's oh, that's Odo, 
Really? That's Chef Louis. Wow. Okay. It does not sound no, like him No, it doesn't. Oh my gosh. Like but, and to kind of prove that he's good at this kind of, I mean, obviously the name is French. Yeah. So to prove he can continue to play these outrageous French roles, in uh, the Looney Tunes show on Cartoon Network a couple years back, yeah, he played Pepe Le Pew. Really? Yeah. I just I, I I can't hear like Odo's voice. Yeah, and it doesn't fit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't fit at all. But it is the same guy. That that is a really really well talented, extremely well talented voice. And actor. keep in mind, he did not have many voice lines in this. Yeah. Mostly it was a singing line. Yeah. And a lot of grunts and growls. <laughs> yes. But he still did an amazing job, I think. I agree. Okay, so. Playing Prince Eric uh-huh. was Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yes. In the 1994 Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, he yeah. He played he, Spider-Man. Yeah, he played Peter Parker Spider-Man. And he has reprised that Peter Parker role a couple times. Yeah. Too. Also, in Cinderella 3, the yeah. one we actually like. Yeah. Or one you actually like. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, he played... Uh, Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Yeah. Which, For some reason, I wrote Prince Eric again on the notes. But, it's like, you know, when I watch that when I watch that movie... Oh my gosh, I'm bleeding like a pig. <laughs> You're bleeding? Yeah, I scripted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Time. Okay, now we're good. Okay. You're no longer bleeding. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, playing Ariel. Mm-hmm. Jody Benson. It was Jody Benson. And mostly what she had was, of course, reprising Ariel. Yes. Except for a couple of Christian roles I noticed I did not recognize much, but I could tell from the titles it was Christian media. Oh, okay. But... In Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. She played tour guide Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, does she reprise that role in... Uh... Uh, I did not see the Toy Story 3 on there. Oh, uh, okay. So it may not be the same... Now, she does, of course, reprise Ariel in uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, yeah. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Playing Ursula... Oh, yes. ...was Pat Carroll. Carroll. Now, of course, she does a lot of reprising her role yes. over and over again. But I found one you might find interesting. Yeah. Because I know you've watched Tangled, the series. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. She played Old Lady Crowley. Oh, I've heard now, of the I character. haven't watched the show, so I don't know I've who heard she the, is. I've heard of the character. But I know from what I was... I did a quick search. She's apparently connected to that darkness thing clip you saw. Yeah. Somehow. The moon drop. Yes, the moon drop. Which we'll probably find out in season three. <laughs> yes. Which is coming out. Playing Flotsam and Jetsam, uh-huh. the two eels, was Patty Edwards. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I saw that I, I thought was interesting was in Hercules, mm-hmm. the sh- uh, both the movies and the show. Yeah. 
And I think one video game, she plays one of the Fates, Atropus. Oh, okay. You know, who the, you know who the Fates are, right? Yes. Okay. For those who don't know, in Greek, yeah, Greek mythology, what are you doing? <laughs> Can't see. Oh, eyeball. <laughs> right, right. Uh, in Greek mythology, the Fates determine when you die, essentially, because yes. they are weaving the snip, snip, snip. They are weaving the fact the the tapestry of the world, and when it's time for you to die, they cut your thread. Yeah, and that kills you. And that happens in there. So technically they're villains, I guess? Uh, not they're, really. They're, they're just doing their job. Yeah, that's kind of... They Basically. technically are working with Hades. Yeah, except... But he, they kind of have to because he's the god of the underworld. The but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, going into Hades as a movie is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Since it looks like um, in the live action one... Uh, it'd be the first time that, what's his name, uh, James Woods won't be playing Hades. And I mean, the first time. Really? Because he's played Hades every other time. Every other time. He what? loves playing Hades. Yeah. So, hold on. You're saying they're doing a live-action movie? Apparently. And they're not asking James Woods to be in They are hiring somebody else to do it, and that's like, why? Yeah. James Woods is perfect, and he'll do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. The only reason I could think of is that he did technically get into some of that trouble a couple years ago, but... Yeah. It didn't stop them from hiring him for Kingdom Hearts 3, so... No. Anyway. Uh, Buddy Hackett plays oh, Scuttle. Oh, Scuttle. He didn't have much that I recognized yeah. off the top of my head. He's a comedian. Or yeah. was a comedian. But have you ever watched the 1960s era movie, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? heard of it never saw it it's a great movie you should watch it mm-hmm. uh he plays a character in there named benji benjamin oh, okay and essentially the plot for those who don't know the plot of it's a mad 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 world these group of people are told by a rich man that uh they one of them will get his treasure if they can get to it first and okay. then the man dies and it's this group of people racing across creation, yeah, trying to get there first, working together, backstabbing each other. It's a great movie. Mm. It's a long movie, oh. but it's a great movie. The I've, clip I saw to verify, make sure I, I knew who he was, yeah, he was acting alongside the guy who plays uh, uh, the billionaire in Gilligan's Island. Okay. Um, I can't think of his name either. Anyway, it was funny. Okay. The clip I watched was so funny. a very a very interesting uh, point about Buddy Hackett mm-hmm. doing this role. Remind me of the directors' names. Uh, Ron Clements and John Musker. Yeah, John Musker. Apparently, John Musker was trying to direct uh, Buddy Hackett of how to play his character, and they was like over and over, and Buddy Hackett was getting frustrated. Yes. So. It's like, okay, be like, can I do that again? Alone. (laughs) It's like, he just wanted to do the character by himself. Yeah. And so apparently, he also had a song made, himself personally, he had a song made for Scuttle, which was never used. And apparently, he he did it onto the night show. I don't know where that would have fit. Yeah, it's just like, they start singing it, it'd be like, you know, something or another. Apparently, you know, go look it up on YouTube's, uh... 
Is this about as goofy as the morning report song that Zazu sings? Pretty in the, much in the uh, musical version <laughs> that they cut from the they cut from the original. Yeah, but apparently it's something Buddy Hacker wrote himself for the character. Okay, <laughs> but it was it was never really part of the sh- the movie, but it was something Buddy Hackett made a song for Scuttle. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, Jason Marin plays Flounder. Uh huh. Oh, that guppy. And uh, in Back to the Future, he played Sherman Peabody. You don't know who that character is, do you? Sherman Peabody. Hold on. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Hold on, Sherman Peabody. I'll give you a hint. Marty has just arrived and run over the second of the Twin Pines the mall's named. Oh, yeah! That's right! You... You killed the parents! (laughs) No, he... This guy is, is is the boy... Who's convinced Marty oh, is yeah, an it's alien? A, yeah, it's like says, an, he's already mutated into a human form. form. Shoot it, Dad! <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I was like, it's like, wait a minute. I know this. I'm a huge fan of this movie series. He's the guy who played Flounder. Okay. <laughs> An interesting note: Flounder was added virtually at the last minute. Yeah, because originally it was like it was two. It was, a, it, was it was like it was a dolphin. A dolphin, dolphin and, originally. Yeah, it was like two different characters that got melded into Flounder. Yeah. A dolphin and something else. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that'll get very interesting once we, you know, get past these and start doing... The actual... Yeah. Talking about it. Uh, So I just got a couple more here. Go for it. Kenneth Mars played King Triton. Uh Uh-huh. Major voice. In Darkwing Duck, he played Tuscanini. Oh. Okay, then. Yes. And in... A movie I watched every year for the past 20 years, every Halloween, the movie Young Frankenstein, Ah, he plays Inspector Kemp. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you any more about that. If you don't know that movie, you should go look it up. Yeah. It is black and white, so, but it was made in, it's a Mel Brooks film, so. Mm. Anyway. Ben Wright played Grimsby. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was Prince Eric's butler. Mm-hmm. In 101 Dalmatians, uh-huh. he played Roger, which yeah. was the uh, w- one of the owners of the Dalmatians. Yeah, the, he, he was the, the guy who guy. actually sings Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. Yeah. So, interesting story about that. So, apparently, the directors, they hired him... They didn't realize that he was actually did 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize until they started production. It's like, oh, he was Roger. Yeah. And that was the last role he ever did. Hmm. Um, that was the other thing I know. In Apparently, although, in the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. he played a wolf. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It's all it said on the IMDb was wolf. Okay. And thinking, I don't remember a wolf in the Jungle Book. Yeah. But it has been a while, so. Yeah, there's, there's quite, you know, he's, you know, Mowgli's part of a wolf pack. True. So uh-huh. one of Mowgli's brothers, uh, I suppose. Yeah, uncles, brothers. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Samuel E. Wright uh-huh. plays Sebastian. Yes. Yes. And the main thing I saw him, so I, I, I yeah, the main thing I saw that he was in. Yes. And I kind of feel bad that this was the thing I found. In the movie Dinosaur. Okay. You know that train wreck? <laughs> yeah, I never saw it. He apparently played a character named Kron. Okay. Let's just say there's a reason people don't remember Dinosaur exists. Okay. I barely... I, I haven't even watched all of it. Oh, so... I turned it off. 
Okay, <laughs> so that'll definitely go on the list at some point. At some point, whenever we do bad movies. <laughs> and we will get to that at some point. We have talked about that, yes. Uh, so, I'm going to let you start with this, considering I kind of know your history okay. with this. Okay, so, uh... So, guy who's actively looking for a VHS copy with the correct castle on it. Yes. <laughs> of the Lion of Mermaid. Yes. And for not any of the nasty reasons. No, just just because, be like, it was the version I had yeah. as a kid. You tell me what you think about the Little Mermaid. Well, first off, first off, let's let's go with the... When did you first see the movie? This is one of those... I, I didn't catch when this movie came out. I think it was 1989. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would have been four. Uh-huh. And too young to know my up from my down. <laughs> and I know I watched... I don't know where I watched this. Okay. The first time. I can tell you that this is one of those that I never watched all the way through in one sitting. Okay. Until today. Until I watched it for the review. Really? Okay. Well, Little Mermaid was never up there okay. for me. I, I knew of the movie. Yeah. I liked the movie. But, okay. Just a quick jump back to the VHS era of the early 1990s for those of you who were not born. <laughs> it was common... That if you went to go see a movie, see, watch a movie at a friend's house. Yeah. They would fast forward through the opening credits. Oh, okay. Most of the time, skipping right to the end of the opening credits. So you don't even get to see that first couple minutes with the birds flying in and uh, the first bit right before with the was the worm, the, the fish up there yeah. on the boat and that first half song. Yeah. I never saw that before this Bad movie. Below? Yeah. I never saw that part before this. It always jumped right into Ariel, right into, it always started right as the opening towards King Triton's castle yeah. before the song. Yeah. Before uh, the, the the song with Ariel's sisters, all voiced by the same woman I found out. I just can't remember who she is. Really? Yeah. Every sister, but every one of Triton's daughters, but Ariel is yeah. voiced by the same woman. Oh, okay. And you, if once you know that and you listen... That makes you can tell that, it, that it's that someone's straining by, sense. by the seventh voice that this lady has had to come up with. She is straining. Wow. <laughs> but I did watch that. That's usually where I came in. And of course, as a kid, any other time I've watched this, it's been on VHS. So okay. I'm seeing more detail in this movie now than I ever would have saw back then. So... This was never one we played at Wally because I think it was in the vault the entire time I worked at Wally. Yeah, probably. It's been it was in the vault for years. Yes, it was, it was in there for a long time. Yes. Uh. So, admittedly, most of my memories, more recently, of the Little Mermaid, is in context of three video games in the same series. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. Yes. <laughs> Which. I have to bring up the level in Kingdom Hearts 2 because it is pitiful. <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 2, they decided that instead of you, instead of it being a regular level, mm-hmm. like any other level in the game, you were going to do musical mini games. Ugh. Now, four of those, sorry, correction, three of those 
are ba- are actual songs from the movie. Yeah. One of those, the training one, will make you tear your ears from your head. <laughs> not because it's sung poorly. Not because it was made badly. Right. But because it's a stupid song and it's made just so you can learn. Here's when to press square. Here's when to press circle. Here's when to press X. Eh, finny fun. Woo. But the rest of those levels at least do follow the story of yeah. the movie. What parts weren't used from Kingdom Hearts 1? Because Kingdom Hearts 1, they kind of made a story that was somewhat based on the movie, but it really wasn't because they never went above, went to shore. But the fight with Ursula is pitiful. At one point, she's compl- she it's Ursula is singing the song, which of course is actually uh, the original woman. I can't think yeah. of her name. Pat Carroll is singing this horrible song, and it's this very it's supposed to be operatic. Yeah, supposed to be. <laughs> it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I, the main, only line I remember is her saying talking about her little poopsies. Huh. I think it's supposed to refer to Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. But, you can, the, th- the problem is, even on the remaster that I played last year, you can't hardly make out what she's singing, unless you listen to the soundtrack. Interesting. But anyway, because mostly you're just hearing the uh, low health warning going, Actually, that wouldn't be in that version, but I... The other fight, <laughs> you hear a lot of that. Anyway, but yeah, that's my most of my dealings with Little Mermaid prior to this seeing it this time. I got you. What about you? Uh, well, let's see. I remember. Well, the movie came out obviously in 1989. I was somewhere between five and six, mm-hmm. and obviously we didn't see it in theaters. So I remember watching it probably back in like 1991, 91, 92. That's to be honest, that's probably the year I would have watched it originally. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, my parents had bought the VHS, that original VHS copy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I liked it for a whole lot of other reasons than I do now. Because as a little kid, as he at that point, I think a little eight-year-old, mm-hmm. I remember seeing, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. It's a girl with red hair, and she's wearing seashells. Okay. That, that was my whole hook into this movie. When I told my mother that years later, it's like, Jacob, how rude! I was a little kid, come on! Admittedly, there is that thought when you're a little boy. Yeah. You're going, that girl's nearly topless. Exactly! <laughs> exactly! It's like, I understand. I don't know how else you would do that because that is the stereotypical way you draw a mermaid. Yeah. In fact, if we're getting real honest, you kind of leave... That's the stereotypical clean way to draw a mermaid. Exactly. Because most of the time, they don't even have that. Yeah. Or look at the example of... Uh, and admittedly, how Di- Disney doing that make, is how, what makes the most sense. Doing it that way. Well, also mentioning Walt Disney. Apparently, if you go back and watch... Uh, what is it? Uh, Peter Pan. You go back mm-hmm. and watch Peter Pan. Be like, yeah, they don't even bother with the sea- the seashells. Be like, it's just hair. That's all it is. <laughs> That's also true in Fantasia. Yeah. 
That's what I remember about that. Fantasia even has some stuff that they've edited out since then because it's now considered culturally insensitive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Anyways, so yeah, that was that was my kind of introduction to it. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, or like in my 20s actually, be like I was in GameStop one day. Or Game Exchange. Game Exchange. I was in Game Exchange. Say so if it's here in Jacksonville, it's Game Exchange. Yeah, it's Game Exchange. So I'm looking around and I see a v, uh, not a, a DVD copy of The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie in years. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember really enjoying it and having all the other reasons to watch it <laughs> as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so I scoop it up, buy it, and it's like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. Because it's just the the story. And it, yeah, people say it's always cliche because it's the, it's the, the girl who wants... Something she can't have, she gives up something, yeah. and she gets it in the end. It's non-realistic. Okay, I get that. It's also a mermaid. Yeah, it's a mermaid! <laughs> what realism are you expecting in a movie with a mermaid? <laughs> yeah, be like, do you want the original Han Christian Chris oh, yes, version? Let's talk about that, the one that ends poorly. Yeah, in the original version, she dies yeah. at the end of it, and is brought back as an angel? Yeah. Something effect? Well, what happened what happens in the book originally? Yeah. Apparently when she returns to the sea, she becomes sea foam. Yeah, which is the what she was gonna turn into. Which is what mermaids technically do turn into if you go back into the mythology. Yeah. But Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's I mean like yeah, the original is very, very dark. Like I said earlier, Han Christian Anderson stories well, are traditionally very dark. You have to remember. All fairy tales not just Hans Christian Anderson, but Grim yeah. fairy tales are like yeah. this too. Mm-hmm. They were designed not to be stories to enjoy, but yeah. stories to warn you. Yes. They were parables to some degree. Yes. And they were, there are multiple versions, even when they were uh, written down exactly. Uh-huh. So really changing it even more to fit modern day does not mess with me. Yeah. That much. But I will say, did you ever hear about what happened in... Uh, Hans Christian Anderson's hometown where they've got a statue of the Little Mermaid. No. When this movie released. No. As a protest, the fans of the book painted that statue to have red hair and a seashell bra. <laughs> that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. That happened. Oh, wow. So, kind of, you know, like, Drew come up with a point of me hunting down a certain VHS copy. Well, I have no room to talk when it comes to looking for stuff. Yes. But anyway. Yeah. So, I started I started looking at it. It's like, wait, I have a DVD copy. I have a Blu-ray mm-hmm. copy. I have a digital copy. Mm-hmm. I have a 4K copy now. Mm-hmm. And so, I think it was like last week. It was like, of course yeah. you don't have a 4K player. No, not yet anyway. <laughs> Uh, you don't have a 4K TV. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I actually went and tracked down at a, a local uh, thrift store mm-hmm. here in town. And they actually had a copy, a VHS copy of The Little Mermaid. Oh. Not not the copy I wanted. It's actually sitting on my shelf right now. Uh, without being able to see it from here. Is it the one in the paper sleeve? Or is it the one in the plastic cushioned version that I always remember those VHSs coming in? Plastic cushion. Nice. That's yes. the one you want. Yeah. Not the cheap paper sleeve. Yeah. I, I'd be like, it was literally, I turned a corner and it was like, it had a 
like some other Disney movie. I think it was like Cinderella or something. Mm-hmm. And then it had that. It's like, boop, five bucks. There I'll you think, go. I'll do that. There you go. So there, there was a part of me. I was like, I was like, wait, isn't there also Laserdisc? And so sure enough, there's Laserdisc. There's, there's, there's the two different covers too. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. Nope. In ten years, I have the laser disc. <laughs> I can't play the laser disc because every laser disc player is now no longer functional. But I have the laser disc. Yes, actually, it's not the it's not that you the players are non functional. You've got the the version with with disc rot. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, that, that's kind of my story of the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So the Little Mermaid. Oh my gosh, the the story behind this movie was crazy. Yeah, because you're you're going into the Disney Dark Ages of the 1980s. This is coming out of the those Dark Ages. Yeah, be though. like, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. Be like, oh, that, that is the interesting thing I did not bring up, but yeah. I just remembered this was the first Disney movie to you actually. No, it's not. This is no, the second Disney second movie, movie second. to use the cap system that yes. Pixar made for Disney. Yes. Not, th- I had to look that, I only know that because I, lis- I listened to that book on tape, Creativity mm-hmm. Incorporated, that they made the cap system. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, when they started pitching this movie, it was probably around 1986. Mm-hmm. And so, they had just done The Black Cauldron. Yes. They were in production of Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they, I think they were... This was, they were starting the line of the movies that would eventually lead up into The Little Mermaid. Well, somewhere in there you do have Great Mouse Detective, which to date is the only one that's a co-production with another company. Okay, didn't know that. But Definitely. some that's somewhere in there because Disney did it, but they were, it's partially, I think it's a British, it's not BBC, but one of those British uh, companies, film companies over there technically has partial copyright to it. Okay, so when... I believe. Yeah. So when they got a new CEO out of Michael, Michael Eisner, Eisner and the other guy who I forget his name. Well, Michael so, Eisner is the main one. He saved the company for the yeah, most part. Yes, definitely saved the company. He did a lot of controversial things, but he saved, saved the, the company. company. <laughs> That's true. So for years, Disney animators had their personal animation studio. Mm-hmm. When they started The Little Mermaid, they were only like a couple of weeks in the production. And... Disney at the time were thinking, okay, animation is going out. So we're going to move all these animators out mm-hmm. and make room for, you know, movie executives. Yeah. And make room for, like, agents or whatever. And so they were, as Ron Clement said, we were banished from that place. Mm-hmm. And they were given trailers on uh, Bona Vista Street. Yeah. Little tree, like, little, you know, mobile homes, literally... Sit on center blocks in the middle of a parking lot. Mm-hmm. This is where you have to do your movie. No wonder they pick something with nice, cool, lots of cool water in it. Exactly! Because <laughs> I don't care how nice California is. You're in a trailer, you're hot. Yeah. Well, like, obviously, the AC and everything. But I don't care. Yeah. You're hot. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, grow, you know, for someone growing up who grew up in a trailer... Yeah. Which be like, you know, that kind of gives you, that humbles you in a little mm-hmm. ways. When you don't have AC and everybody's griping about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, this makes me feel like a kid again. This is great. This explains a lot, by the way. <laughs> okay, then. I was wondering why you turned the air conditioner off in the middle of the day while we were at camp. <laughs> and now I know. Yeah. Same power. 
Not that that helps when you put it at 58 degrees to sleep in. I'm thinking, you're using the same amount of electricity just all at once and not all spread out throughout the day. But anyway, go ahead. And besides, you're not paying for electricity at camp. <laughs> hey, it reset itself. I didn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, you know this banter is what you're paying for. You're all your non-existent dollars. <laughs> but... Apparently, the director saw that as a blessing in disguise. Yes. Because it gave them, like, okay, the studio no longer believes in us. We have to put something out that makes them believe in us again. Mm -hmm. So they basically, they were like, okay, we are at the end of our rope. Be like, apparently, the Great Mouse Detective didn't do as well as they thought it did. It's underrated. It it did not do as well as it should have, but it's actually, I still say it's a much better movie than what most people think. In fact... I uh, do believe my copy of the Blu-ray is one of the few Blu-rays I've seen that they did not replace the opening logo. Really? With the modern one? Yeah. Like he, this one did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still the old classic VHS. Oh, the white The white bars yeah. coming down? It's still that version. <laughs> yeah. my Actually, my DVD version actually yeah. has that still. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah. Uh, Something about that. I just yeah it's, it's yeah it's it's it brings you back to your childhood. Yes. It's like oh my gosh, yes. It's we're, one of those things where you know how you you've seen the meme where it's like uh, you can't. The teacher says you can't. You, you know, there's five senses. Mm-hmm. The kid says uh, uh, I can hear pictures. The teacher says no, you can't. And then it shows an image of an of uh, something that you literally as soon as you see it, the music plays in your head. Yeah, that's one of those for me. Yes, the scene of that white castle in the blue background. I'm already hearing. Da, de, 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 de. <laughs> exactly. It's it's those things you remember as a child. Yes. Those things that have iconically synced in your head. But yeah, this this movie literally was be like this is their last chance mm-hmm. because if they didn't do a good job, animation at Disney would be done. <laughs> would be completely utterly done. For those of you keeping score, that means no Lion King, uh-huh. no Pocahontas, no. Punchback, no Emperor's New Groove, no Tangled, no Frozen. So if you don't really like where animation has gone, and maybe you don't even like this movie, I'm just going to say it to you right here and right now. Let it go. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't let that go. Yeah, so if this this movie would have sank or swam, be like, it, it... it it all That's depended. It all depended Disney on probably, this movie making. Disney probably wouldn't have bought Pixar if this movie hadn't done well. No, they wouldn't because have. D- Pixar made the system for them and it didn't help them in the in yeah. the first two movies. So most why likely, would they buy the company? And so my, most likely, why would, they, why would they go into production on Toy Story if they, if they yeah. didn't like it? Yeah. Sorry. So so most likely you would not have Toy Story. You wouldn't have a Lion King. You wouldn't have uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Anything post that point, both good and bad. Yeah. Hey, let's be honest. If this movie had not done as well as it did, yeah. Star Wars would still be at Fox. Fox would some would be a dying company again still. Yeah. And or be owned by Cap, uh, Comcast. Yeah. Can you imagine that horror? Oh gosh. <laughs> and Marvel would still be peddling would not have the staying power to fight Sony over the rights to Spider-Man. <laughs> And as the storm rages on. <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so 
This you never thought the Little Mermaid was this important a movie. <laughs> it <laughs> is basically a keystone history, in animation history. History is an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, you you take one peg out and the whole thing falls. Whole thing falls apart. So basically, the Little Mermaid is the is one of the most the cornerstone and honestly, of animation today. While I it did not really hit me until we were till just now that that's yeah. the case. To some degree, I've always known that. Yeah, because one thing it is the turning point mm-hmm. from when uh, Disney was doing poorly to when the Renaissance started that saved the company. Yes, or saved animation at all. Yeah, but it's somewhere in there where it seems like other places are starting to do animation. Okay, again. So because really prior to this, there's not that many that were very successful. Okay, outside of Disney. Yeah. So, to kind of give, you know, give us a little bit of origin, there again, the movie was released on November 17th, 1998, 1989, and initially had a budget. Now, mind you, a lot of Disney films at the time, be like, prior to, like, like, what was it, Uh, The Black Cauldron had a budget of, like, 200 million. Yeah. Yeah, and it flopped. <laughs> yeah, it was it's it's a good it's a good movie if you watch it, but like yeah, thank you, Katzenberg. Anyways, he tried uh, he tried he tried. So the movie had a budget hey, of without the Black Cauldron, you wouldn't have DreamWorks. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Remember Cornerstone. <laughs> so it had a budget or of forty Keystone. Keystone. Yes, or Keystroke. This isn't a keyboard. <laughs> anyway. It had a budget of $40 million. Mm-hmm. Which it's, is not a lot. No, it's not. It's not a lot of money at all. It's amazing the, they got they, they did what they... And honestly, now that you say that, that explains the couple of uh, scenes I saw. I was like, oh, that's for used animation. <laughs> yeah. There, there, was, there was actually a lot during production. It was like, okay, we don't have the budget for this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we've got 10 fish. Cut half the fish. Be like, cut half those bubbles. Be like, oh, we don't need this character. They were literally cutting things because they didn't have the budget for it. Yeah. Well, when you get to uh, Under the Sea, mm-hmm. the last bit where it's showing all the different fish playing yeah. quickly, it's a reuse of the animation they used earlier in that song when they were going through each one. They just yeah. played it faster and I think maybe even flipped a couple flipped a couple to make it Probably. less obvious. Probably. But you're watching it going, oh, no, let's reuse the animation. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're That's going, not like Disney. <laughs> yeah, because they had a very small they had, budget. They had no money. They had no money left whatsoever. The uh, the one that always bothered me is like most of them, you never saw shadows. Be like you had some shadows in a lot of the key scenes, but like when well, they're, we're on the, they're on the shore, there's no scene, there's no light casting or anything because they had no budget. <laughs> the shadows, okay, pre Lion King, yeah, shadows never bugged me because most of the time. If they even bother to put it. Like, you think back to, like, say, uh, uh, Robin Hood. There's no shadows in Robin Hood. Yeah. There's no shadows in the Jungle Book except for trees. Yeah. And that's just because you have to you know, have to do that. Pre-Lion King 2D, eh, shadows don't mess with me. Unless they're evil shadows from pollution. <laughs> Fergally! But it's like, yeah, that that those little things be like even as a kid it kinda of bothered me. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, 
Aren't there supposed to be like little shadow things everywhere? Where are they? They're vampires. They're vampires. They don't they're shadows. <laughs> so they're vampire mermaids? Well, if you actually look back to how mer- the, the idea about mermaids, yes. they were not exactly the kind no, creatures that are presented in this movie. They hint, were hint deadly. The, hint the Cyrus song. They would draw They would draw men in who uh, from... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they'd be like, hop! Yeah. Drag you underwater. It's like, Ursula is the closest to an original mermaid we have in this movie. Yes, I agree. So, on opening day, U.S. Yes. It had a grossed over $6 million. Okay, that's pretty good for 1989. Let's say that. Yeah, on opening day. On opening day. It's gross. It's gross for the U.S. Its entire run was over $111 million. Yeah. It made and, money. Oh, yeah. And then worldwide. Wait, people still like cartoons? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I never would have thought that. I thought it died. Yeah. It died. It just changes. It just evolves. Oh. And I just realized I said all this where you can't hear it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get closer. Why would it die? It would just change. It evolves. That's what things do. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's like, like saying live action movies are going to die one day. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's just a different medium. Yeah. Things change. So, worldwide gross, $274 million and a ton of change. So, yeah, this movie went from a very itty little budget to basically changing the... the the, the global reach of what animation became and is now. So what you're saying is the movie had unlimited cosmic power! <laughs> budget. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. I had an Aladdin flashback. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good because if Little Mermaid flopped, we would never have gotten Aladdin. Aladdin which we would never have had the best Robin Williams role. Yeah, exactly. Okay, anyway. All right. Moving right along. Yeah. Uh, which is Muppets. But anyway. Arr. Moving right along in search of good times and good news. With oh, okay. good friends you can't lose. This could become a habit. Opportunity knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabot. Cabot? <laughs> Moving right along. Okay. <laughs> No, mind I'm you. I'm keeping that in there, by the way. Yes. Okay. Anyways, yeah this this movie basically changed lives, changed careers. Be like you have like titans of the industry of uh, Glenn Keane, who did the uh, the animation for Air or the main uh, Ariel. You had um, like all these amazing artists mm-hmm. that like even during production of this film, it was like kind of a hassle. Because they, they're like, okay, we need to do this. We've got all this music going on in the background. Then all the stuff's clicking along, great, great, great. And during the production, be like, okay, we've got most of the film done. So we need to, we're going to show this movie. We're going to show this movie. It's not complete. Be like, it's not fully colored. Be like, it's not fully animated yet. So we're going to show this movie to a, full, a, a theater full of school children. Mm-hmm. And there are so many, like, interviews of, like, Musker and, uh, like, all these other people who are talking about this, this one thing that happened that completely could have changed the film forever. Mm-hmm. So, they are, they're, 
they're viewing the movie and they're in, they're in the scene of part of your world and it's not fully animated. And so apparently this little kid, this little kid, boy or girl, whoever mm-hmm. it was, apparently gets fidgety with their popcorn and drops their popcorn. And how Jody Benson described it, gets so fidgety about cleaning up their mess. Katzenberg actually thinks about be like, okay, I think we need to cut the scene. We need to cut the scene because nobody be like, no, it wasn't be like everybody was be like it wasn't a good scene. And now, granted, hold on. The oh come on, Glenn King, thank you. Glenn King be like had spent months. Mm-hmm. Months and months and months doing this scene. And so Katzenberg, it's like, it's like, Glenn, we're going to cut the scene. It's like, what? Be like, I just, 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 be like, literally, it's like, you literally just dug a hole for me. Be like, be like, you just scooped the world up for me because this is the scene, man. This makes the movie. And so literally it took a pardon from the governor to stay the execution to get another viewing. And the rest of his history. So, literally, part of your world could have been cut. Hmm. <laughs> Which, today, be like, you can't cut that scene. It's yeah. the pivotal cornerstone of it's, the movie. It yeah. changes the entire thing. So, yeah, this it's, it could have been cut. Des- it's literally describing Ariel's fascination. Yeah, exactly. With the outside world. This world that she can't yeah. see. She's she forbidden she's to She's forbidden to never see it. Yes. And she wants it so badly. Mm-hmm. She actually has to come out in song and sing it. Mm-hmm. She, like, she can't express it merely by words. And it's like, it's... How it's animated is gorgeous. Yeah. Like, the, the, the fact that it's... There's... I could gush this movie all day if, yeah. I, if I had to. If I... Be like, literally, we'd be sitting here for three hours talking about The Little Mermaid. <laughs> but we're not going to. Gee, I wonder what that sounds like. <laughs> Spider-Man into Spider-Verse. <laughs> we're all allowed our gushings. Yeah, there's a lot of gushing. There's a lot of gushing. And be like, like, you love that movie for a reason? I thoroughly and don't do that again. You, you realize there's large parts of this that aren't getting cut because I'm going to be editing fast. Right. Anyways. Anyways, this, this movie has so many... It'd be like there again. It has so many milestones and so much behind it of, like, the songs and the characters and the, like, the motivations behind the mm-hmm. characters that just draws you in. Be like... It's like, yeah, it's probably, like, my second or third favorite animated film of all times. Right. Now, mind you, it looks like, man, he sounds like a, like a princess fan, <laughs> boy fan or something. It's like, no, I just really enjoy the movie. Yeah. I really enjoy the movie. That's like, the, so much. That's the thing. It's, it's one of the things I, I don't like about the way we approach movies sometimes, where it's like, this is obviously a guy movie, this is obviously a girl movie. Yeah. What's wrong with just going to a movie because you enjoy the story? Exactly. Yeah, because like even during uh, this is a good story. Yeah, like during during the uh, before the movie premiered, they were like, okay, so Oliver Company was a boys movie, so that's why it did so well. So little girl, the Little Mermaid movie is for girls, so it's not going to do as well. 
Uh, I think you were wrong, Musker. It mm. did incredibly well. <laughs> yeah. Because this movie had literally changed lives when it came out. Because there's another story that where one of the directors talks about where they got tons of letters. And apparently this this father and daughter who had just kind of, you know, parted ways. And so apparently the father, who was like a sheriff or something like that, had read this movie. Or what read this movie? Watched the movie. And was so compelled to, you know, get in touch back with his daughter. Mm-hmm. To be like, they basically reunited as a family. And basically, this is what this movie is. It's basically the the youngest, somewhat rebellious, the very rebellious, headstrong mm-hmm. teenage daughter who wants to do all these amazing things. Because you realize, like, oh, I'm a teenager. I have all these freedoms. Yeah. Be like. And it's a father who is desperately trying to cling on to his daughter and keep her safe in which mm-hmm. she doesn't see this. Yeah. And I guarantee if you talk to most parents who have teenagers, definitely if they have teenage daughters, it's going to be the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So this movie is definitely much a family film yes. about growing up. About growing up, it's there again, a lot of people are just like, oh, it's, it's wish fulfillment. This would never really happen. But it's more of a... You've never seen a runaway come home, is all I'm saying. Hmm. Sorry, didn't mean to jump in. But no, no, was, you're good. I just like, this kind of stuff can happen. Yes, it does. It does. It'd be like, you, you have so many examples of just people, it's like, I'm going to go follow my dreams. Mm-hmm. And be like, people say, no, this is not a good idea, you shouldn't do it. But at the same time, they, they are so driven, be like, even almost an obsession to do it, they wind up being successful in it. Mm-hmm. Even though be like throughout all the odds, be like, be like, Hey, she goes to a sea witch in order to get legs. Yeah. It ultimately is not the way to go about doing that, no. but it was the way to get her dad to see. This is how important this is to me. Yeah. And look, these people aren't as bad as you think they are. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, kind of perfectly ties in with what, because you had this this background we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is Triton so afraid of the humans? Because the humans have killed his subjects for years and years. Yeah, and plus they because it's not just, it's not just the mermans and the mermaids. It's yeah. the fish and the other sea life. Yeah, he calls them fish eaters for a reason. reason. Yeah, and uh, yeah. almost like we might call some people rednecks or mm-hmm. other derogatory statements. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is going to be a little bias there. There's going to be yeah. a little bit of, not, I per se it, racism here. <laughs> but, well, technically mer people and humans could be considered different races. So yeah. 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 It's actual yeah. racism, not yeah, actual racism. breedism, which is what we call racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a sense. Uh, so, yeah, this, this movie does have a lot of where it's understanding each other. It's understanding. It's like, okay, humans aren't bad. Now, if you have a sea witch on your side, that might be a problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, this movie is absolutely incredible. It's an amazing film that, mm-hmm. like, anybody who has never seen this film should go watch it, sit down, enjoy yourself a popcorn or whatever, get in front of a nice TV, pop it in, VHS, DVD, hopefully not a VHS, because <laughs> that's going to be really hard to find. <laughs> 
Not to mention that composite signal, which is interlace. You switch, get that up to an HD television, which I'm assuming you're watching on. It's going to look like crap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, so, find, find a version of this film. So Preferably Disney version. So if I may go ahead and ask you the question, is this a family-friendly movie? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Be like, yeah, there are some scary points. Be like... Heck, when the shark shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the shark's name was? Brutus? Bruce. Bruce. That makes sense. All sharks are named Bruce. Yeah. That was the name of the shark in Jaws. That was the name of the shark in Finding Nemo. It's the shark name. Yeah, it's the shark name. And apparently there was going to be another scene, obviously because they didn't have the budget, Mm -hmm. but apparently they were going to have to be a round two between Flounder and Bruce. Never happened. No, that was also when it was when Flounder was a dolphin. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, this this is an incredible movie. I do have one logistical question. Okay, what? Ariel has absolutely no trouble going through the portholes of that ship. Flounder does. Ariel is much bigger than Flounder. Yeah. How? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my only... That's the only thing that I want to go... Now, wait a minute. <laughs> it's called comedy relief. <laughs> I think in what it's called is... It was supposed to be a dolphin the first time, and they changed it to a clownfish. Yeah, that's true. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, also a little little, you know, little piece of trivia. When they were, when they were courting uh, Flounder... You're fine. When they were courting Flounder, they got one... They had their original voice actor do Flounder. Mm-hmm. And so they went back, be like, they did the lines and realized, oh, we got to pick up some AV. You know, additional voices. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be like, oh, I'm coming in to do the other voices for Flounder. He had a gross spurt. <laughs> so apparently they had to tweak his voice towards the very end to make him sound a little younger. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a very, there's a, there's a ton. There again, I could probably spend mm-hmm. two hours talking yes. about this movie. But yes, so so that we don't spend two hours talking about this movie, as we are, the episode itself looks like it's already about an hour and a half long. Okay, hour review, half hour the other part. Yeah. Uh, what's your final rating? Oh, solid ten. Solid. You're ten. going straight for the ten mark. Yeah, this is the definitely a ten mark. Okay. There again, it's a cornerstone movie, mm-hmm. and be like like Tangled. Tangled was a. I think it was a 10. Yeah, I did give it a 10. I don't remember. Yeah, I think I gave it a 10. If I did give it a 10, remind me if I didn't or not. But yes, it's a 10, in my opinion. Well, my opinion's going to be slightly controversial compared to yours, because I'm going with an 8. I I was going to give the line from Lion King, be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm giving it an 8, not because I think it's a bad movie. It's a good movie. I do not have the nostalgia for it you do. Okay. Which is painfully obvious. <laughs> but, uh, I, the... And admittedly, I'm going... I, the... Keep in mind, the version I'm reviewing is the Signature Edition. Yeah. Which does have a part, some part, a, uh, a couple of visual elements edited out because they did not realize stuff had been put in there like that. One turret in the castle, which you can tell where it was. Yeah. They did not do a good job of fixing that. Yes. Um, so there, that's a little bit... Pretty much any time I 
am marking something off. It's because I, I was distracted. Yeah. By it. Mm. So, uh, there's a part of me that when the movie first started, there was, uh, I was, a, the, uh, transfer from this film to the, uh, Blu-ray mm-hmm. when they did that because of the fog, fogginess of it. Mm-hmm. There, I was a little worried at first. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, please tell me this is a good transfer. <laughs> Because it didn't look as good in those first couple seconds because yeah. of the fog. Yeah. The fog was intentional, don't get me wrong, but right. that was a little bit of that. And then the first trip underwater where they're doing this water effect mm-hmm. to give you ideas like, okay, you're underwater. I'm thinking, please let th- please let them have realized we don't need to do this effect every time we're underwater. Yeah. Please let this be the only time they do it because it does not look as good to me uh, okay. as... I know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I look at it and go, this makes my eyes hurt. <laughs> Watching <laughs> this slight out of focus they're doing with the water effect. I gotcha. So I was very glad when we got in and they announced King Triton. It's like, okay, we got clear imaging again. Okay. I know this. that was just an effect. I'll live with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the most part, the movie is good. Yeah. It's just a couple little minor things that kind of get with me. And like any other time, there are movies I like more than this. Yeah, which is understandable. Yeah. Now, the, now there's... I only rated Spider-Verse at a 9.5. Yeah. This movie doesn't surpass Spider-Verse for me. Okay. Eight, I think, is pretty safe. Okay. that That's completely understandable. Blue understand. Now the the nostalgic part of me says blasphemy, <laughs> but I, admittedly, I, 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 I do I do agree with your points. Now, and admittedly, we already passed my early nostalgic movie, which was Lion King, and yeah. I don't think I rated that. Yeah, at a ten either. Yeah. I don't like rating things at ten because ten means perfect, and no movie is perfect. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, like it's. Just, it's you know, for me, there again, be like, it's not nostalgia goggles. Be like, it's, mm-hmm. I do have nostalgia goggles for the film. Yeah. And I just really enjoyed the film. It's one of those films that they are again, like Tangled. I watch it every year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I do have an issue with a certain part of the film. With the the signature, the signature, not the signature, but the, uh, the Blu-ray version. Yeah. The first Blu-ray version. They brought in this, when you pause the film... Mm-hmm. They would give you a five second countdown. One, two, three, four, five. And then they would go into an, a uh, a point where it's Sebastian is, he's talking about something. He's talking about scenery. And it would go into kind of like a lyric, like a lyric music video. Mm-hmm. And so if you wanted to pause a part of the movie, just to be like, oh, I want to write that down. Yeah. You literally couldn't. So, Admittedly, when this, which is probably the Diamond Edition, I'm guessing, is the original Blu-ray version? Yeah, the original Diamond. Uh, the, they were... The original Blu-ray... When Blu, that was when Blu-ray really was first out. They were trying a lot of extra stuff. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, this was 1990... No, 2006. Yeah, and admittedly... Let's face it. The general idea is that who's primarily using these discs are kids. Yeah. No, correction, this, this is 12 when this came out. 2012? Okay. Yeah. So I can kind of understand maybe they were thinking, we need to have this extra thing. We can do this extra thing. Yeah. Why not do this extra thing? Yeah. That's not what any of us want. Yeah. 
so so, uh, so oddly enough, like doing my review for it, I actually took the Blu-ray out and put the DVD because <laughs> I can literally pause you, it. You went off the Diamond Edition. Yeah, I went off the Diamond Edition. Okay, which is still a good edition. Like even like oddly enough, the the uh, the VHS copy I have mm-hmm. is a restored remastered version. Oh, okay. on VHS. <laughs> well, I'm sure the original VHS cut. Yeah. Well, you have to remember that VHS, that remastered VHS, is yeah. probably when they edited out the torrent. That could be. That could be, and I know they 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 didn't saturate, but they went in and re- like remastered the color and that kind of stuff. Yeah, they was... probably went back in there and did some touch up too. Yeah, just to give you an extra reason to buy the new one. But the main reason it probably exists yeah. on a VHS, and probably there was a DVD that came out the same time. Yeah. Because especially well, if it was a late run VHS, oddly enough, oddly enough, they didn't they didn't edit out the turret, the turret in the uh, the VHS. No, they didn't. They didn't add in the v, the DVD either. Oh, okay. It's still there. Now, I never really paid attention to the to the uh, the Blu-ray edition mm-hmm. or the 4K version. So I literally have to go back and look the at that. Signature version. If I'm remembering where the turret is, yeah, it's, it's when, when you think... fir- when you first see the castle. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it's at one point when you see the castle, yeah. It's, it's in that first shot. There's a spot on there that when I looked at it, I thought, why does that... Oh, that had to be where the turret was. <laughs> yeah. Because it looked like... It looked like... And it did not look like how an architect would have made the building or yeah. how Disney would have made the building look at that time. It yeah. looked like... This is a detail we had to go over there, and we literally edited around it. Yeah. And prayed nobody noticed. Yeah. Which is not what I like, but at the same time, you can tell it's not there. Yeah. But also, you gotta think, be like, when, you know, these these things... There was like, no redraw. No, there's no redraw, and plus, you gotta think, these projects take three to four years to work on, mm-hmm. so artists get bored. Yeah. And draw stupid stuff in between frames. <laughs> That's how you get 20 uh, Stan Lee cameos in one movie. Yeah. Anyway, so but, that brings us to the end of another episode. Yes. Which means we need to roll for our next movie. Ah, barnacles. Shipwrecks. Did not mean to use a SpongeBob reference in a Little Mermaid episode. <laughs> hey, it worked. Okay, so sitting at number one on our dice is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Number two, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Oh. Why don't you tell us what is replacing The Little Mermaid at number three? Oh. Oddly enough, it's a movie from the 80s. Okay. Oliver and Company. Based rather loosely on uh, Oliver Twist, didn't it? Yes. That's what I thought. Except cats and dogs. <laughs> Speaking of animal adaptations of classic literature. Sitting at number four is The Great Mouse Detective. Ah. Another 80s. Yes. Number five, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. And at number six, Your Name. Okay. It is my role because it was your movie. Yep. And I'd like to point out that after I roll this D6, I'm about to roll another dice to determine our new order. All right. So... Number six. Next week, we are reviewing Your Name. This is a good one. All right. 
So, start the ordering process now. I'm going to let you borrow my copy. <laughs> so, I am rolling a d20. What, uh, what we're doing, folks, is since we've done 20 reviews... Yeah. We kind of want to mix up who gets what spot on the de- on the regular dice. So, right. I have made a list of every possible combination of three between us that we can do. So, whichever number I get, that's the number on the list we're doing. So... Number 13. Hmm. Number 13 is... You have one. I have two and three. You have four. I have five. And you have six. Okay. If that's not confusing enough as it is. A little bit. I will have that marked. So one, four, and six. Yeah, you have... uh, Did I say 13? Yeah, 13. 13. I read the wrong one off. Oops. I have one, five, and six. Okay. You have two, three, and four. Okay. That's As simple. if it really matters. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let me just go ahead and put a highlight on that so I'll remember which one we're on and then I'll rearrange stuff. So, next week, uh, our movies will be in a slightly different order. Okay. When we go to review. So, where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at... Let me read that. You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. And if you're interested, you can also find me at Jacob's Daily Art Corner on Facebook, where I try to draw every day. I don't get around to it so much. But, yeah, if you're interested in just looking at very interesting art for once in a while, come check me out. All right. Where can they find you? You can also find me on Facebook under Drew Dodgen. And also check out uh, some of my photographs at Drew's Photo Bin. I have new pictures from when we were on the trip of some beautiful sunrises Ah. that we had. We saw while we were there. Mostly waiting for that last service. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, If you want to find us together, and you can find us both in our close Facebook group, that is the Cellcast. It is closed to keep the robots out. Mm-hmm. We don't want to deal with any nasty sea witches either. Yeah. You're right down to it. Uh, also, you can email us at the Cellcast Podcast at gmail.com. Or uh, you can visit our website. I had a brain fart there. My apologies. You can visit our website at the Cellcast.podbean.com where you yeah. can listen to find all our episodes, which you should also be able to find on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And Google Play. I said iTunes, I meant Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So, same difference. Yeah, people, you know, people, people. You know what I'm talking about, people. Um, so that's going to, that brings us to the end, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, oh, that's right. Every time we say the Cellcast, that's with a single L. Yes. A little bit of programming news before we cut out. We have... Out, besides next week, we'll have two other movies mm-hmm. for September we're going to roll for. And then in September, sorry, in October, we are going to be doing Halloween movies. Ooh. We haven't discussed exact order yet, yeah. but I'm thinking I want yours to be on Halloween itself, okay. considering one of yours. Yeah. It makes I sense. Clue people. It makes sense. Uh, and then in November, we are going to be doing uh, Ghibli Month Part 1. Mm-hmm. 
first five movies uh, at Miyazaki and did along with Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. And then in December, we're going to be do, of course, a couple Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Although the last two movies, uh, last two episodes of the year are going to be shorts since we're both going to be busy. Yeah. And then in January, we are doing Don Bluth <laughs> Month to lead us into our one year anniversary episode. Yay! You want to know what you want to know what that is? You'll have to wait and find out mm-hmm. in about four months. <laughs> so keep an ear out for an exact list of movies, at least for Halloween, mm-hmm. come last episode of this month. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, This has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Scooby, are you okay? Uh, I don't know, Ralph. So many wonderful roots could be rad. Look at this rough. Resident Evil. Look at my correct. Completely complete. Wouldn't you think of a dog? A dog who has everything. Look at this bowl, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cover hold? <sighs> Forget I asked. time on the day a star fell it was almost like like seeing something out of a dream nothing more or less than a breathtaking view Let's hit the cafe later. Thanks, but I gotta go to work. I can't stand this place anymore. It's too small and close-knit. Please leave me a Tokyo boy when that flies! I've been having some strange dreams lately. And I could dream about someone else's life. What is this? That girl and I were switching places. But can you tell me There's one thing I'm certain of. If we see each other, we'll definitely know right away. I wanted to tell you that wherever you are in the world, I swear that I'll find you again. No matter what. Who are you?